Good morning. This is John Richardson speaking with you from Toronto, Canada. Today is Friday, April the 14th, 2023. One week ago today, I did a repodcast with the one and only Coach Coots. And the focus and title of that podcast was Leave the Fitness to Us. Leave the Fitness to Us. Re outlined some of these essentials of you know, good physical health, etc. But he mentioned something fascinating in that podcast, and that was about drama. The drama in people's lives, resolving the drama. So this Friday, exactly one week later, we are rejoined by David Coots in a podcast which we will title Coots, Leave the Drama to Us. Welcome back, David. Oh, well, thank you, John. Always a pleasure. Well, so um, do you think that people have to cope with drama in their lives? Uh, well, they don't have to. Most people don't. They just jump into it like a roller coaster, keep going around and around. Um, do, you but, think uh, they love it? do you think they love it? I don't meet too many people. I, but, you know, once in a while you get people like, oh, I love, love the drama. Most people love the drama in a TV show, uh, not in their own life, right? So, um, yeah, for the most part, I think if people could reduce drama in their life, they would very much do so. So, so give me an example of the common drama that you see. Do you experience drama when you've got your sessions with your, uh, your clients ever? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been training people one-on-one for 15 years, of course. Yeah, people come in and, oh, my ex-husband, yada, yada, or you come in like, my boss, or... Uh, you know, they just show up and they're angry about something. Maybe they have an injury that's just pissing them off and they're so upset about it. Uh, and they might start persecuting or blaming other people. Um, but uh, yeah, it happens to just about everybody. So absolutely. I've seen it at work plenty of times. And in real life, even more, obviously. I'm glad you could write a book, Coots, 15 Years of Drama. I don't think that's why I was in the industry, but, uh, you know, yeah, you do guess, obviously you're working with human beings. You're going to end up with people who are in high moods and low moods and, uh, you know, drama becomes part of it sometimes as well. And as a trainer, it's really important to focus on what we're supposed to be doing. Um, and if you can't get your client to focus on that, it makes for a really tough session. So at a minimum, would you say that part of what drama is, is an interference in your ability to focus on what you need to focus on? It can be. Absolutely. Drama is a great distraction. It's like, oh, yeah, but the government. Right. So instead of dealing with your problem, you just you're just creating drama around the problem or finding reasons or people to blame for that problem. It sounds, like, it sounds, really like people, sounds like people should stay away from political discussions. Then. Oh, man, it's funny because when you uh, you go and unpack this drama triangle we're going to chat with. Politics is huge, right? If you turn on TV and you're watching a political debate, there is the drama triangle live and well happening right in front of you. Um, right. And that's just one example. All right. Well, let's break this down a little bit, okay? I mean, sure. I heard drama is probably the sort of thing we all recognize when we see it, experience it, but maybe you have a bit of trouble defining it. So what is drama anyway? What is it? Uh, drama would probably be a bit of animosity depending on what the subject is. So getting uh, upset or angry or having a, a problem that doesn't seem like it has a solution. So people get upset and worried. Um, and a lot of times drama can be, yeah, sure, maybe you have a problem, but why are we doing nothing but complain about it 
and constantly, you know, blame other people about it and, uh, you know, say, oh, this is happening to me and just creating this circle or triangle of uh, consistent drama instead of being like, you know what, it's not a problem if I can solve it and I'm going to, or I'm just going to avoid that or I'm going to move on. I'm going to ask for help. There's a lot of ways out of the drama, um, but people feel almost like if they're in it, it's a necessary feeling to be upset at whatever it is they're upset. And it makes them feel good to feel (laughs) upset. Yeah, they honestly, they probably will justify it as the right behavior, right? Well, that was improper. That guy cut me off. I'm going to scream and yell at that guy. But does that really help at all, right? Does it help you? Does it help that person? Maybe you get in the car accident while trying to scream and yell at the guy who cut you off, right? So it has its its uh, setbacks as well to be in the drama tribe. All right, all right. So listening to this, trying to get down to the most basic <clears throat> principle here. So would you agree that minimally, okay, Drama is an interference with your emotional equilibrium. That's a good way to put it. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. How, how are you supposed to feel happy and content and, you know, uh, energetic if all you're doing is thinking about things that upset you, right? And reiterating it to others and trying to make other people upset so you can stay in that upset circle, right? Or the drama triangle. I keep saying circle. It's a triangle. All right. <laughs> okay. So now, all right. So we move from the uh, interference with your emotional equilibrium to the concept of the triangle. Mm-hmm. Trying. Well, I, I remember uh, those from high school geometry. There's three kinds of triangles, aren't there, David? Well, yes, but this one was unfortunately not in our geometry class, right? So uh, if it was, I might have had a bit more of a radar for it at a young age, right? Well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe uh, there, there's three kinds of triangles or more. Maybe we have the scalene, the isosceles, and the equilateral drama triangles, perhaps. Nope. Only problem is you can't fix these ones with your uh, calculator. Right. So it takes a little bit of a different calculation to kind of get through these triangles. If you would. What about this new artificial intelligence? Do you think what's this called? chat something or other? A chat GPT. I was even using my journey, mid journey the other day, which is pictures that are instantly automated based on AI. Unreal. Really cool stuff. Oh my God. All right. So drama triangle. So let's now expand this into the triangle. So all right. I'm gonna, it's got an interference, their emotional equilibrium. Let's do this here, bud. I'm gonna send you uh here we go. Can you see that there? I sure can. Oh my god, we've got the rescuer. Looks almost like Superman. Perfect, perfect right? That looks a little like Justin Trudeau, actually. <laughs> With the sharp teeth. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, okay. And the victim. Yes. Canadian taxpayer. Okay. Yep. So kind of understanding the role of the triangle here. Like you said it there, rescuer, persecutor, and victim. And we kind of always start with the victim. That's kind of where people want to end up as. And it's also how they want to start. They want to avoid responsibility. Uh, They may want sympathy. Uh, They feel uh, comfortable in the victim position. So one thing I, I learned while learning about this stuff is that a lot of times people want to end up back in victim. That's where it's the easiest. That's where you can just blame people. That's where you can get reassurance that everything's okay. And it's the, the easiest position to be in. It's so not a lot your of fault. Time, it's not your fault. Like, I didn't do anything. I, I didn't, it wasn't me. You so said, the victim, yeah, well, the victim yeah. can go through life. It's not my fault. Right. hundred percent. Right. And that's, that's kind of, what are the one of the typical things they would say? It wasn't me. It wasn't my fault. And you know, this, why is this perfect, happening? What to a me? perfect position to be in! I would think that the world consists of an awful lot of victims. Yes, 
Yes. Oh, absolutely. You hear about that all the time. People talking about victim mentality. And I think it kind of like went over my head when I thought I'm like, yeah, I guess they're kind of playing, you know, but, and I didn't really realize how deep the personalities go and how a lot of people tend to flip through them. So when you look at these, you're not necessarily going to just be one. That's the interesting part. So let's say you're a victim, but nobody's giving you sympathy. Nobody's saying, oh, poor you. Well, what would you do? Well, you start persecuting people. Well, you this and that, and you made my life horrible, yada, yada. And then once they're like, oh, wow, someone made your life horrible. So sorry to hear that. And now you're back in where you're comfortable and you're playing victim, right? And uh, it's very common for sure. And then when we look at, uh, at rescuer, rescuer is kind of where I would fall into it. So when I learned about this, I realized I was doing way too much rescue. I'm a personal trainer. I'm trying to help people. But you can easily overhelp people, right? So, so you so look at something. Just pausing there. I mean, that's an incredibly interesting insight. So, are you a personal rescuer? That personal rescuer, I should not be. Definitely not. It is not a good idea to overstep your bounds, thinking that you're helping when you're overhelping, and the help that you're trying to give is making things worse. And right. sometimes, it's, sometimes it's hard to realize that normally the rescuer is going to be coming from a good place, a caring, loving place, or sometimes they just, they actually have needs to be met as well. And they don't feel good unless they're trying to help. They're like, I have to be helping people to be, feel like I'm giving back. So they're like overhelping and it's not helping at all. Instead, it's creating more of this drama triangle, right? So the person, sorry, the rescuer typically go to the victim and be like, oh, no, how can I help you? And like, let's get you feeling better. And don't worry about that persecutor. He was just a mean person. And you're feeding the victim mentality as a rescuer. And what should you say to the victim? Too bad. Life isn't fair. <clears throat> let's get moving. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah. In a sense, right? Um, with the victim, technically what you want to do is pump them up. You want them to understand that they can reclaim their own personal power that they can very much get through whatever it is they feel is impossible and making life so difficult. You really need to work on their, you know, their self-confidence, um, their self-concept, uh, making sure they believe in themselves more. Uh, victims are very big for that, right? Cause they just, they want to feel reassured that yes, I am a victim. And instead you want to be like, no, you are a human and you can do better than this. You are better than this. And we can easily make you a more powerful and confident person. And uh, that's if you're trying to help a victim, right? Whereas a lot of times they don't want help, right? So you might well, find one. actually fascinating because, you know, most of the focus of my podcast, as you know, is on issues affecting Americans abroad. But I mean, you know, you look at this endless excuses to avoid responsibility, see themselves, these are Americans abroad. They won't save, they won't invest, they won't do anything. Mm -hmm. They see themselves as victims. This is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty cool stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's move on. I'll, I'll throw another uh, another slide here. There we go. So this one here, I had to reference it. Uh, I learned it from Brendan J. Fox. Uh, he's an amazing exercise therapist and personal trainer and a bit of a guru. But he took this book and others and sort of created the sheets that I learned from. But originally it came from this gentleman here, Dr. Stephen Cartman. Uh, I like the book name too, A Game Free Life. Right. So just don't play the drama game. It's kind of the idea there. A definitive book on the drama triangle, compassion triangle by original author here. Um, but yeah, kind of neat at the back there. This book reveals some secrets hoped for how to unlock games of miscommunication and dysfunctional relationships. Yeah. yeah. You don't need people in relationships that ever have drama. Right. Very important. Hang on a minute. Let me just see what. Hang on. Don't, don't go yet. 
What's that? I'm just reading the bad cover. Mm-hmm. The games of miscommunication, dysfunctional relationships sounds like 90% of relationships. Not That's only why, that, yeah. but also for look within ourselves. An amazing toolbox for compassion during stressful situations. How about that? Compassion. What do you what do you think about that? Compassion is one of the ways to help, right? Or one of the ways to understand the personalities, having more compassion for, hey, this person is playing a victim and doesn't mean I'll play rescuer and try to help them, but I have compassion for their scenario. I understand that they're stuck. I know that they are in this loop and they feel like they need to get their needs met by continuing to play the victim. And so by having more compassion, you can understand those personalities better and give more empathy. Right. Instead of being all oh, that stupid, persecuting idiot. Instead, you're like, you know what? I understand why they're upset. It's kind of hard to get them out of there, but you have more compassion and empathy for them. So you don't necessarily add to it. You don't play rescuer. Right. And you don't play victim. You just have some empathy and some compassion. for so that. Your, your definition of empathy and compassion sounds more like a definition of understanding. Yeah. Yeah, putting for yourself, sure. Putting yourself in their position. Well, a lot of times you need to have a little bit of empathy if you're going to try to understand people, yeah, right? That's right. Okay. It's a bit of a, a lost emotion, if you would, for sure. Um, let's add to it here. Title presentation. So that's the book. I figured I would reference that in there if you want to read it. I haven't necessarily read it. I've just gone through all the notes and stuff that was dissected from it. Um, but I figured I'd reference the man himself. They call it the Carpman Dry and Drama Triangle, and that this is the reason why. Lots of people have continued his work, but he's kind of the original there. So I made this one just for you in a few seconds here, John, because we were talking about it while we were training there. And I said, damn, you know what? I wish I could apply some real life faces to these people. And uh, the last one there for rescuer was a tough one to find, but I figured that was, was decent. But so let's just go through them here. Uh, it's a little bit different. We were dissecting the triangle a little more. Uh, we've got your persecutor. And I gave a favorite there, uh, someone who likes to scream and yell and tell people they're doing things wrong. Um, politicians, or in this case, Donald Trump here. Um, and in, in this mode, it says here, the person doesn't value other people's views and integrity. So they see things very insular. It's my way, right? Uh, could be considered selfish, right? Absolutely. Then you're seeing personalities like anger, aggression, judgment, bullying, demanding, uh, spiteful and scornful, right? These are things that definitely uh, show up with the role of the persecutor, right? Uh, and then we'll leave victim to last there. We'll go to rescuer over here. Uh, in this mode, the person doesn't value other people's capacity to help themselves. So you, so it's sort of the way I said, hey, I see this person as a normal human. They can, they can be empowered. They can help themselves. The rescuer instead says, no, 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 no. They need me. I have to help them, right? And you know, if you're going to hold everything for somebody, you know, hold their plate and hold their everything, they'll never feel the need to do anything for themselves. So playing the rescuer can technically hinder the victim. Right. Uh, and then here you're looking at a pure self-sacrificing. Uh, they might be overhelpful. Um, they like to be needed. They, they find, oh, wow, I have a purpose and I'm, I'm, I, they need me to help. Right. So they actually it's fulfilling their own personal goals, really. Right. Um, and then they're prone, prone to meddling unnecessarily because they're already jumping into business that isn't theirs. So then they're sort of tinkering around with situations that they may not know enough about and they're probably making things worse. All right. So, you know, as you describe that, and I watch your, uh, your, your presentation chart up here, mm -hmm. you know, what comes to mind is when Warren Buffett was asked how much money, whatever he'd leave to his children, he said, well, I want to leave them enough so that they can do anything 
but I don't want to leave them so much that they can't do anything. You know what? That's such a common thing. Parents will try to rescue their children, rescue them from bullies, rescue them from not getting the job they wanted, rescue them from being, uh, you know, insulted in some anything, right? Where they're always trying to rescue their children. And realistically, how do we learn? We learn through conflict and we learn through stresses that eventually, uh, you know, we learn um, how to deal with them better. And so we need that conflict. We need those conflict resolutions so that we can establish our own way of dealing with life but if you keep on coddling people and your example there a parent who's coddling someone as a rescuer you don't give them the opportunity to learn mm -hmm. all right fascinating fascinating well the rescuer there you can see i chose him there i'm like this is a guy that everyone knows dr phil you see on tv and just so happens i looked it up and he's got a book called relationship rescue and uh, i'm not saying that he necessarily doesn't help people but, you know, especially once it's on television, it's for media, drama sells, let's be honest, right? So if you get someone on Dr. Phil and all they do is have a good conversation and resolve the situation, that's not going to sell much, right? They want drama. They want person to break down. They want to see that conflict, right? And I'm not saying he's necessarily always pushing it, um, but he could be overreaching as well, right? Especially putting it on TV is like, how much are you actually helping people, putting them in front of millions of people and explaining their problem to the world? Well, you know, this is really, really interesting, right? Because you look at uh, Dr. Phil, that's what he's called. Is this the guy who's called Dr. Phil? Yeah, that's Dr. Okay. Phil. Actually. Yeah, all right. Who knows? I may have seen one of his earlier books. But anyway, um, yeah. so, I mean, obviously, he is an example of, of a whole industry, right, that yeah. is based on, uh, well, help, you know, purporting to help people to, you know, solve a problem they have, whatever, uh, perhaps uh, do the heavy lifting for them that they should be doing themselves. But to bring this back again, I'm trying to, you know, to some extent, it's interesting that this isn't, you know, this has very broad application. Yes. But also look at the situation of these uh, Americans, you know, living outside the United States who definitely feel victimized. Uh, you know, possibly for good reason, but the rescuers would include the whole tax compliance industry, right? You know, Interesting. We'll, we'll sure. Come in here and uh, you know solve all your problems, etc. Uh, prone to meddling unnecessarily. Hmm. Yep. Sounds like filing too many forms to me. But anyway, there uh, you go, buddy. I find it everywhere. This find is it fascinating. Everywhere. All right. So I mean, we. Cool. Said, you know, but I think the point here, David, is that. Uh, uh, you know, you want to establish the Coot School for Drama. I did. <laughs> well, okay. actually, I find it funny with your with your um, uh, your title there. Leave the drama to us. Uh, not necessarily. You know, you, ideally, you, you want to just become the the um, oh, not the rescuer. That's the wrong word. But you want to address the drama yourself and learn to build your drama radar. Right. You don't want to send drama to other people. Don't leave it to me. I don't want your drama. Instead, I want to teach you how to deal with your own drama or dramas within your life, right? So with fitness, it's a little different. You may have no idea what's going on. You need to get in shape. You've hired me as a trainer. Yeah, leave the fitness to me. Leave the fitness to us. I will educate you and help you. But in something like this with drama, well, we're going to teach you how to deal with drama and how to see the triangle. And then from there, you need to try and apply it in your everyday life because the guy yelling at you at the bus stop, the angry argument with your wife, the political battle that you're watching, it's all relevant. Right. And you need to learn it so that you can avoid it or be able to deal with it better. Absolutely. All right. So now more comments on the victim. 
Got, all right, you got it. And I, I, I first so thing that came to mind so was sad and vulnerable. This woman here, if, uh, if you don't know, that's uh, Amber Heard. And she uh, was in a trial last year with Johnny Depp. And oh she very much. God, that woman? Yes, she very much played the victim. Johnny did this to me. Johnny did that to me. She cried like fake, very much so on uh, on television and everything, only to then be completely um, uh, proven wrong and shown that she was actually making Johnny Depp the victim. She was abusing him. She was being mean. In she other was words, being this woman was pretending to be a victim, but who was really a persecutor. Well, this is why it's fun, right? Because the triangle is not just for one person. If you are a typical person in drama regularly, regularly in, in some kind of drama triangle, you're going to play all these parts at some point, right? And uh, so with her, she was very quick to go from victim to persecutor, victim to persecutor. She even tried to be rescuer sometimes. She talked about how, oh, Johnny was very sick or you know, he wasn't doing well. So I was just trying to help and that she was saying that she was trying to rescue and help. But then as soon as people would call her out, you weren't helping at all. She'd go right back to be like, oh, it was just me. I was just trying to, you know, so she'll flip from victim to persecutor to rescuer. But a lot of times she was living in victim and, and persecutor. God, I mean, this is bad enough for an average normal person. I mean, what if you were, uh, what's that phrase for people with multiple personality disorder? What is there? There's a psychiatric phrase for that, isn't there? Multiple. Maybe I, think it, it. I think you said it there. Yeah, multiple personality disorder. If I, if, if I don't, I'm you not. Just sure. think if you had multiple person, how many, how many of these roles you could play simultaneously right at the same moment? Imagine that multiple personalities. You got six different victims, uh, something like that. There's a good movie called Split where the guy plays all kinds of personalities. He's probably got a hundred drama triangles going on in his head. Fascinating. But, All right. Yeah. Kind of neat. You know, you look at it here, manipulative, poor me syndrome, uh, helpless and needy, uh, complaining and whining, uh, fretful, uh, blaming others. That's probably the biggest one. When you see people constantly blaming, it's because they don't want to take on responsibility and they're very much in victim mode. Okay. Neat stuff. And uh, we'll, we'll try and go through a few of the uh, um, through the parts of each here. So let's get to let's do what do we want to do first. Yeah, we'll do persecutor first here. Let's see if we can find some good ones. Uh, some solutions. Let's see here. Possible outcomes. So nobody will want to be around me anymore. I could be the persecutor. Um, I could do damage. I could damage relationships with people I love the most. Uh, I could lose my mind because I'm so stuck in an impossible loop of anger and blaming. Uh, you'll never be happy. Yeah, and you'll make the people around you unhappy as well. Right. Uh, we make everyone around us feel bad and we make ourselves feel bad. And that can very much be the persecutor. Right. They're trying to. You ever heard that saying that um, misery loves company? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times it's persecuted. Hey, you're in a good mood. I'm upset. I'm a victim. Now I'm a persecutor. And I want you in a bad mood, too. Right. And uh, that, that's very common as well. People who are never happy unless everybody else is sad. But that's just it. Right. And that's uh, that's not a good way to live, in my opinion. Right. You Ideally, you want to try to, uh, um, you know, change your outcomes a little bit by seeing the world differently. Right. Instead of blaming all your problems on others. And, and we'll go after uh, we'll go after rescuer here. This is kind of the one. And this, for me, this was tough because I realized when I was learning it, 
that I was definitely being too much of a rescuer sometimes, whether it would be with the wife here and she should actually just be upset and figure that out on her own, or whether it would be with clients and realize that, you know what, they failed on this on their own. I should let them know that and so that they can learn how to get better at it. Um, and so that was definitely my weakness, uh, not to say that I never play uh, persecutor or rescuer in my life, of course. Um, but uh, until now, I never really realized what the hell I was doing with drama there, John. I was just in the middle of it. Right? Um, here we go. Cost benefit analysis. Right. So we're looking at uh, the rescuer. Uh, people can get sick uh, of our rescuing efforts. Right. Stop trying to help me. Right. You hear that sometimes with you know, um, David, on that. I mean, th these are fascinating points you're making. You know, there's an old Chinese saying, OK, which goes something like this. I'm paraphrasing. I, I don't know why this I don't know why he's so angry with me. I never tried to help him. Interesting. I don't know if I've heard that one there. It seems to, it seems to apply to what you just said here. Yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. I've just never heard that before. That makes perfect sense, of course, right? Uh, I wasn't trying to help them. Shouldn't be mad at me. It's like, yeah, because they stayed out. They stayed out of, you know, adding to the fuel on the fire, right? You got a really angry person who's playing the victim. They're so upset. And then they go back and forth with the persecutor. So you try to help. But technically, if you just let them be them and leave them alone, that's helping more, right? You're adding fuel to the fire a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, with the rescuer here, you know, we get hopeless about our ability to help others. Uh, we live a very bitter and resentful life. Families can be broken apart because of our res rescuing efforts, right? Trying to always fix things instead of accepting them for how they are. Let's say you've got a, I don't know, a bitter mother or something like that, a bitter family member, right? And like every time you see them, you always try to rescue them out of that. Is that going to really end up in a good scenario each time? What if you just accepted them for who they are? And instead of trying to fix things, you just went along with how they are and accepting the scenario different outcome, right? Uh, another one here, the mild uh, comfort you get from rescuing comes out at a heavy cost, right? For sure, people might lash back at you. You might get persecuted. That's an interesting thing. Trying to help a victim, you're trying to rescue a victim and all of a sudden it doesn't work. What do you think that victim's gonna do? He's gonna persecute you. He's gonna flip into persecute you. I'm like, do you try to help me? It didn't work. You've been doing this, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden the rescuer is like, oh, and then maybe the rescuer will now flip into the victim. I was just trying to help. I was just trying to be an innocent, good person. I didn't mean oh to. Oh my God, life is so complicated, David. You know what I mean? But it is and it isn't. When you start to understand the three of these personalities, you start to see the people at any point in time, when, especially when there's drama or some kind of animosity involved there, they're going to jump back and forth through these personalities. And that's why this stuff was so important for me because I started to see it. It's all about awareness here. You're raising your awareness to the drama triangle. And now you can start watching politics, see it differently, watch a fight in a movie um, and see it differently, watch a family argument and see it differently. Um, it just really helps to have that different perspective once you can see what happens when drama is involved. So um, how do you remove yourself from, the, from this whole thing? How do you remove yourself from it? Well, for the most part, well, we go over, first we'll go over victim here for, and then we can go over some solutions. Um, but with the cost benefit analysis for a victim, there's no power in pretending like we have no power, right? It can be painful way to live. We follow the coward's fate. This is the stuff I'm reading from Mr. Brendan Fox here. Uh, the deathbed regret of a life not lived, right? These are all things that cost benefit analysis for being a victim. Uh, be a letdown to those who believe in us. 
right? So if I just decided to be a victim for the rest of my life and never lived up to my potential, there will be people who I let down, right? Uh, and the worst outcome is that we kill ourselves. Uh, we go into realm of terror, get born again and die young a number of times until we develop the will to live strong enough that eventually after much time and suffering, we get back to the very point we're at now. So we're always in this point in time, but whether or not you're in drama is really up to you. And uh, the victim, it's, it's a dangerous place to stay. But let's get into some escape plans here, right? What do we do? You're in a drama triangle, John, what do you do? You got uh, three clients yelling at you, <clears throat> right? Well, one way to do it is to try to like take a step back and figure out what's actually going on. Why is this person actually upset? You know, and what are the facts in this scenario? Like, what, what, what is it that they're actually like, is there a good reason for them to be upset? So just taking a step back and analyzing what's actually happening instead of responding. We talked about this. Uh, was it last time or it might have been last time reacting when we talked about this? reacting to things right reacting as opposed to responding as opposed to responding exactly so this would be a good place to employ that because employ that sorry because you're going to react most of the time if someone persecutes you do you take a second and say hmm i wonder why they're thinking this way not normally someone screams and yells at you you're just about ready to react right and so one of the escapes for the drama is to not react right to use some some thinking and some objective views or different perspectives to try and understand why this drama is happening. Another one would be ensure everyone else involved has the info they need as well. So like, are you sure you need to be upset? Did you know that this guy actually isn't going to be the president? It's just a joke. Like, oh, well, I thought it was serious. Like, you know, finding the real reasons. Like, wait, man, you might actually just be upset over nothing. That was just a joke, right? So finding out why they're upset is important as well. Like, you know, I'm telling me why you're so upset. Most people won't ask that. Right. They'll just nod their head or stay quiet or they'll fight back. Right. So, again, there's some empathy and humility coming in handy there. Um, I like this one. Seek advice from a coach or a counselor or a trusted mentor. Why not? Right. You don't know what's going on. Your mom keeps screaming at you. So you talk to someone who's a professional psychologist or maybe it's your friends that are always yelling and whatnot. So you talk to someone who maybe an older brother or maybe your parents are a little wiser and calm people. And they can tell you, hey, listen, you know, Jake is just in a really bad place. He lost his wife. and yeah, So you just, you know, reach out to people who might know more than you, right? Always a good idea because it's what, it's like we know everything. That's impossible. Um, what else we do here? We're getting out of there. Ah, yes, I like this. Remember the drama triangle roles are not fixed identities. Uh, you have the power to choose how to respond to any situation. Respond. Good word there. Uh, used past experiences as motivational for personal growth and development, right? Or learn to accept being labeled the bad person. This is a good one that I learned as well. So let's say you're in the drama triangle and uh, you want out and there's no way to do it friendly, right? They're upset. They're still upset. The other person, maybe there's just this drama going on. So you're like, you know what? I can't unfortunately be part of this anymore. I am going to leave. Well, what happens there is typically someone's going to persecute you. Oh, he's leaving because he did this or the, she's leaving because she and it was her who started it. So you're likely going to be persecuted if you leave the drama triangle. So it's very important that you're OK with that. You need to understand that that person's going to persecute you when you leave. But that's for the best. You are no longer in that drama. They're still upset. They might be persecuting you, but you're not in that that drama triangle anymore. Anyways, it shouldn't really matter. Right. And that can be tough for people to walk away and thinking, oh, someone's really ripping on me saying I'm a bad person that can be hard to deal with but when you understand it's not coming from a good place and that they're playing one of these roles it can kind of help 
they can help you get out of there realizing, okay, they're going to play this way, then I'm getting out of here, right? So, um, what else do we have here? Address the situation by educating others on negative effects of the drama triangle. Kind of what we're doing here today there, John, just informing people of this scenario. Did you know there's a drama triangle going on, drama triangle going on every time you have an argument with your family? Well, no, I actually didn't realize it. Oh, yeah. My sister's always playing the victim and my dad's always trying to rescue the situation. And I seem to always be persecuting people, right? So then you, you realize, holy crap, I'm adding to this triangle. It's never going to get better if I keep on playing one of these roles. So just building your radar, kind of like we mentioned in the beginning. There. And then the uh, last one we had up here on the sheet. I like this. It's just a different picture of the triangle here. Uh, persecutor, it's all your fault. Rescuer, you need me. And the victim, nothing's my fault, right? Where we all want to be. Nothing's my fault. Everything going wrong is everybody else. Uh, I am the victim here. Uh, but I like it here at the bottom. It says, in the end, the drama triangle does us a kind of favor by showing us how not to live. It also shows us how to live, right? So if we're not going to be persecuting people, well, maybe we'll be nice to people. If we're not going to be over-rescuing people, maybe we'll just give a helping hand when needed. Uh, if we're not going to play the victim, well, maybe we can work on our own uh, self-esteem and try to do better each day. And so it does teach us what to watch out for, but I love this where it, it very much teaches us how to live. Well, this is great stuff. All right. And, and that's kind uh, of an intro there, bud. How long have you known about all this stuff? Oh, only like a month or so. Um, uh, when I first learned it, it was the same idea, similar to this. We had a presentation with, uh, with Mr. Fox there, and he just gave an overview of it. And then after that, all I saw was persecuting. I saw victims. I realized <laughs> I played rescuer too often, and it opened my eyes completely. So then we did a deep dive into all the personalities and, uh, and there's different ways each one can be that personality, but starting to understand better which role people are playing when there's drama and uh, can be very, very helpful in your everyday life. Well, that is absolutely fascinating. So when you walk out on the street now, instead of seeing people, you see persecutors, rescuers, and victims. Oh, not only that. It's normally once I see a scenario that would uh, create some kind of drama triangle, right? It's no different when I got into exercise therapy for the first few weeks, all I saw was crooked necks and weird foot postures, <laughs> right? Because that's what I was focusing on. So yeah, for a little while, I was focusing a lot on drama triangle. We'd watch TV and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, that guy's persecuting the hell out of that guy. Oh, that guy's definitely playing the victim. And so I started to just see it in every scenario, whether it be fake, politics, family. Uh, I've helped clients understand this stuff a little bit. So then they have, you know, a family gathering that ends up with some drama. And uh, I loved it. One of my clients came to me and said, like, you know what? just completely removed the person from the conversation and we continued on without them. And I'm like, good for you. You stepped out of the triangle. Right. And uh, so, yeah, it can be very empowering for people who want to take their lives back and be happy. Yeah. This is fascinating stuff. I mean, what are you, what are you going to learn this month now? What am I going to learn for this month now? Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's on the menu here. Um, oh, I'm going to be doing a presentation in a week or two. I can happily do it with you too, if you want uh, on cortisol. Not something I'm just learning now, but cortisol, if you don't know, is our primary stress hormone. Absolutely. And, uh, Let's do that. Well, that'll be our next one. That sounds fast. Sure, sure. Well, it'll be good. I'll have had run. This was kind of spur of the moment. We talked about it the other day. Uh, I wanted to set it up and give some basic info instead of diving you know, too deep. Um, but um, yeah, with that one there, I'll have already kind of run through it so I can give some good info on the stress hormone and how it affects everything. And obviously cortisol is in this. People's cortisol is going to go up if they're persecuting people. They're obviously in a stress state. And, uh, and it's, it's just good to know. 
good to know how to raise cortisol, lower cortisol, understand that it's good and bad. But yeah, that'll probably be next. Stuff I've been Excellent. working with. I'll look forward to that. Listen, send over fun. your um, your handout so I can take some of it and put it in the blog description of the podcast. Happy, happy to do. Uh, the slides or the handout that I was using there? Um, well, maybe both. I'm not okay. sure. Why sure. Send some to send, send no problem. Yeah. I'll send them to you there, buddy. Absolutely. You can have a review of them. And if you ever get into a fight, come home and pick up that uh, drama triangle sheet, you'll see, ah, you'll find those personalities. Well, I, I think conflict. that people need to keep these notes. We'll call them the Coop's notes. All right. With them, you know, 24 <laughs> seven. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Rules for life. Sure. Now, now speaking of that, now, uh, how, how would people get in touch with you? Uh, they can find me on any of the social media platforms there at uh, coach Coots. Um, or, uh, as we know on Twitter, Twitter, the real coach coots, someone stole coach coots like 20 years ago. Uh, and then of course, coachcoots.com. So I just made it, made it pretty simple. All right. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks a lot, David. And, uh, we'll to the next one. Oh, absolutely. So do I, as always.